broadcast speaks to the free thinking movement that we see emerging in the minds of today's black youth of America. African youths must be re-educated to the scientific reasoning found in natural law if this movement is to reach its full potential. Inshallah, the African American will break free of non-scientific and tribal thinking paradigms that fail to counter immoral behavior as well as limit solid economic progress in African American communities. Assalamu alaikum. The following broadcast is part 7 Out of Africa Science Origins of Man and Systems of Knowledge Recorded on January 3rd 2017 Following in the footsteps of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the test fear of Imam Warthuddin Muhammad, there is no superiority of the white man over the black man, or the black man over the white man. The only superiority recognized by Allah, or recognized in the sight of Allah, is the person's most sincere in taqwa, God consciousness, and righteous deeds. I hope that I have made this clear during the first part of this talk. We're coming to the end of this discussion here. And for the remaining time left for this talk, I would like to focus on the original intent of this presentation. Out of Africa, Science, Origins of Skin Color, and Systems of Knowledge. Let us look at how man has evolved on our planet. And we will see from scientific evidence found in our natural environment how the Quran has already detailed in certain language the evolutionary development of man and the arrangement of matter in our universe. The earliest remnants of human fossil remains have been found on the continent of Africa, East Africa to be exact. In the history of man, which we now estimate to be from a time between 2.6 million to almost 3.5 million years old, we have determined that there have been seven periods of known mankind development. The Pleistocene period, from about 500,000 to 3.5 million years ago, this period is known in history as the period of the major ice ages. During the evolutionary process of our planet, our planet has experienced many series of 
major ice ages and minor ice ages. We will discuss this further as we go on. The lower Paleolithic period from about 500,000 to 250,000 years ago. The middle Paleolithic period from about 60,000 to 25,000 years ago. The Mesolithic period from about 12,000 to 25,000 years ago. The Neolithic period from about 9,500 to 6,000 years ago. During this period, we see the last use of polished stone tools for work and hunting by ancient man. During this era of humankind development, we see the emergence of agriculture in man. In other words, man begins to farm, grow crops on a regular basis in communities. And finally, the Chalcolithic period started about 4,000 years ago. And here we see the emergence of the deep thinking man, the man who begins the process of writing, record keeping, and the study of matter and natural law. We have derived at this conclusion because from anthropological science, we have found artifacts of metal tools made from copper by man, and eventually the development of the alloys, bronze and brass. Alloys are combinations of different metals and require one skilled in established techniques and methods along with a working knowledge of the substances fire, air, earth, and water to produce them. Men of science have agreed that there have been seven established periods associated with the human development of modern-day man and his societies. Now, this number seven appears to be very important in the history of the development of the man the Homo sapien. We find that seven is unique in our natural environment as well. For example, consider the following. There are seven days in a accepted week. There are the seven natural colors that are contained in the rainbow, or you could say there are seven wavelengths that make up the natural light of the universe. Do you know that there are seven atomic orbitals that are associated with the atoms, meaning there are seven levels of energy exchange that all electrons interact on in this physical matter we call the universe? Allah has stated in Quran, that there are seven heavens. And isn't it interesting that the seventh surah in Quran is called the heights? Now, as men of Quranic study and science, 
We can all ponder and glorify God's signs that we see and experience. But the truth is, one can never really come to know or understand the complete plan of God. Oh Allah, we beg you to have mercy on our souls and forgive us for any errors that we may commit in ignorance. Let me turn my attention back to the Muslim book, the Holy Quran, and I want to read a short surah here, surah, surah 67, surah al-Muk, the Dominion. I will be reading Ayat 3, or I will be starting at Ayat 3, or verse 3. Elazi Kalika Semewetin Tibekum Metarai Fi Kalki Arrahmani Min Tafawutin Farji il Basara Hel Tare Min Futul It is Allah who created the seven heavens, one above another. You will see that everything is in perfect position in this marvelous creation of Allah, most gracious benefactor. Now look again and look closely. Do you see any defect? Seven heavens, one above another. What do we know about the heavens or the sky? From science, we have learned that our atmosphere forms a blanket around the earth and that this blanket protects us from harmful radiation that comes from out in space. Science had demonstrated long ago that our atmosphere is composed of seven layers. The troposphere the stratosphere, the mesosphere, the thermosphere, the exosphere, the ionosphere, and the magnetosphere. The troposphere is the lowest layer that extends down to the earth and where the majority of oxygen resides in our atmosphere. Without oxygen to breathe, we could not survive. The magnetosphere is the highest layer that reaches out in space. The magnetosphere blocks most of the cosmic radiation 
from space protecting Earth's living organisms. Seven heavens, one above another. Returning back to the Holy Quran from Surah 65, Surah Talak, Ayat 12. Allah is He who created seven firmaments or heavens and of the earth a similar number. Through the midst of them all descends Allah's command that you may know that Allah has power over all things and that Allah comprehends all things in his knowledge. From studies based on deep well drilling and seismic topography, man has identified that the earth is composed of seven layers. Yes. The inner core, the outer core, the mantle, the lithosphere, the asthenosphere, the mesosphere, and the crust. These are the names of the different layers that make up our physical planet Earth. Before there was established science and the scientific method as we know of it today, there was the Holy Quran. I have just given you exact science of natural law. Many examples. Observations that are revealed right here in the Quran long before established science became proper. Observations that today man has verified. Now, if you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, takbir. But if you had any reservations about the existence of Allah, about the existence of an absolute creator, then maybe you should think again. Or can you produce a reading, a writing that will reveal hidden truths in nature not yet discovered before the advent of the development of science, before the development of astronomy, before the development of uh, anthropology, before the development of chemistry? Geology. Now, if you cannot produce such a book, and of surety you cannot produce such a book, then you should bow down right now and make sajda and ask Allah for forgiveness for your arrogance and your ignorance. In man's search to know more about his historical past and the history of other living organisms on our planet, 
He has relied heavily on the science disciplines of paleontology, geology, anthropology, and archaeology. From the science discipline of paleontology, we find that very few living organisms leave behind fossil traces. The bones and remains of most ancient creatures in time decay or wither away to dust. A particular set of circumstances has to unfold for bones to be preserved after a living organism dies. For the bones to be preserved, ideally the flesh has to wither quickly or be picked clean by some type of scavenger and then be covered quickly by sediment before they decay in the sun. Over time, layers and layers of sediment will eventually cover the bones. In many cases, after thousands of years, water-soluble materials in the bones slowly leach away, leaving behind the fossils. In the lab, these fossil fragments with sediment are sorted on a tray, and any fragments that are located in the sediment can be moistened with acetone, making it easy to distinguish fossil from rock. Using a microscope, the strata of rock can be carefully removed from the encased fossils grain by grain using sophisticated engraving tools. The strata often looks like layers of a layer cake, with the oldest layers being the ones that are the deepest in the earth. So the deeper the layer, the older the material. Each layer and the location of artifacts are carefully measured, often with surveying equipment. The layers can be dated using the dated methods that I discussed earlier during this lecture. Sometimes it is necessary to use CT and 3D scanning devices to reconstruct and to figure out how bones and bone fragments too delicate to handle, fit together. Fossil evidence and ancient artifacts of the geological and archaeological sciences have shown that there have been many kinds of man and or man-type creatures that have inhabited the earth, but only one kind of man survived the long, harsh evolutionary process that has brought us to modern-day time. A type of man whose primordial DNA gave him the innate capacity to think deep on a high level of intelligence and thus the ability to adapt to his ever-changing environment. The type of man that I am referring to is called the Homo sapien. That's the man that modern-day humans evolved from. That's the man who is capable of thinking on higher levels of reasoning and analytical thought processes. Archaeological artifacts suggest Homo sapien activity 
may be older than 200,000 years ago. The fossilized skulls of two adults and one child discovered in the Afar region of eastern Ethiopia has been dated as far back as 200,000 plus years, making them the oldest known fossils of modern known humans, the Homo sapiens. These skulls, dug up near a village called Herto, filled a major gap in the human fossil timeline record. An era at the dawn of modern humans when fossil facial features and brain cases we now recognize today as human first appeared. Now, I want you to know that I am fully aware of the recent purported Homo sapiens find near Jebel Ihad, Morocco which was reported in a 2017 publication in the journal Nature. Though the researchers insisted that these fossil findings should be classified as Homo sapiens, they openly detailed that the skull of these so-called Homo sapiens was longer than our skulls, and they further admit in their findings that they failed to find DNA material that conclusively would link these species of humankind to modern-day Homo sapiens. I personally think that the jury is still out on whether these ancients were truly Homo sapiens or some earlier unidentified hominin type. As I stated earlier, the Homo sapiens were not the only type of man-like forms that was evolving on the Earth in the history of our planet. From fossil evidence and DNA analysis, it is clear that other human-like type beings once inhabited the continent of Africa along with the Homo sapiens. However, these pre-human types of man, now extinct, are classified as hominins because of their relatively small bone size bone structure with larger skulls than Homo sapiens, yet possessed limited to making abilities. The hominids were Homo erectus, who lived between 2 million years and 143,000 years ago, Homo habilis, who lived 2.0 million to 1.4 million years ago, Homo haldeberginus, who lived from 700,000 to 400,000 years ago, Homo naledi, who lived from about 335,000 to 236,000 years ago, Homo florensis, sometimes called hobbits, lived between 400,000 to 50,000 years ago, and Homo neanderthalensis lived between 200,000 to 40,000 years ago. From what we know, the earliest migration out of Africa of these man types began about 2 million years ago by Homo erectus from East Africa into Southern Asia 
followed by Homo hauderberginus, Homo florensis, Homo neanderthalensis, and finally, around 160,000 to 200,000 years ago, the modern-day man, Homo sapiens. By 160,000 years ago, Homo sapiens lived in Africa and the Middle East. Homo neanderthalensis lived in Europe. Homo florensis lived in Southeast Asia. And Homo haudelbergius settled in the Pacific Island countries. Some of you may be wondering about now if the various mankind groups had been living on our earth for as far back as two million years, why did it take these groups so long to leave the continent of Africa and migrate all over the planet? There are two main reasons I think will address this question. Climate studies of prehistoric Africa suggest that during the past one million years, arid environmental conditions in Africa and the Middle East were major barriers blocking passage out of the continent. When we say arid conditions, we mean hot, very hot, dry land with no vegetation for hundreds of miles. Man could not move to new locations where food sources did not flourish. Taking on long journeys without ample natural food resources readily available along the way guaranteed a sure death. Furthermore, until man developed the intellectual skills to understand his environment in order to map out strategies for traveling and the know-how to construct tools that he could use to find food to help him survive the harsh environments during seasonal variations, man was pretty much stuck on the continent of Africa. DNA fossil studies and bone fragment scanning has proved beyond a reasonable doubt that Homo sapiens did not descend from the short, stocky Neanderthals as scientists in the past once believed. Nor did modern man evolve from any other hominid types. These recent studies indicate that modern man, as well as all other Extinct man-type beings evolved along independent evolutionary patterns. Yes, Allah created the universe. As we read in the Holy Quran, the Muslim holy book of revelation from the creator, Allah says, be, and it is. Meaning, be. And then sparks begin to burst into the reality of something out of nothing. And gases 
fine gases begin to bump and interact and slowly the universe evolved. And in the universal evolution was the primordial stuff, primordial framework that all life evolved out of. Man has evolved along with all other life forms, along with an inanimate physical universe. All life forms today evolve from original inferior forms set on a preordained pattern of timely development by the creator, Allah subhanahu Many living organisms have long passed away, leaving their fossil footprints behind for us to inquire. Yet, a few still have persisted today. Science has never found a missing link that would unequivocally show that man and apes share a common ancestor. And you know why? Because no link ever existed. This drunken religious desire of anthropologists seeking to find a missing link between man and chimps is the result of such men's infatuation with Darwinism and their rejection of a creator. Much of the evolutionary concepts do have merit, However, other concepts are nothing more than futile wondering in the mind. So there is no contradiction between science and religion or the path or the following of that which has been preordained for man to develop, to evolve as a social group of human beings. Almost 200,000 years ago, our ancestors migrated out of East Africa, first into Southern Asia, and finally into Europe. Many people in the past had believed that Homo sapiens first left Africa, then into Europe. Actually, that's not correct. The Homo sapiens went into the Middle East and into Southern Asia, into Far East Asia, and then across and finally into Europe. Some research studies suggest that those Homo sapiens that migrated early out of Africa may have interbred to some extent with the Neanderthals of Europe and the Densovians, another extinct hominid. Of Asia. The Densovians, ladies and gentlemen, is basically an extension of the uh, Homo halderbergensis. This theory of interbreeding appears to have some merit because gene studies suggest that modern day Europeans and some Asians carry about 2% Neanderthal DNA, whereas modern day Africans have no Neanderthal DNA present in their gene pool. 
Paleoanthropologist data suggests that though Neanderthals roamed over much of Europe, they did not give rise to today's modern Europeans. Present-day Europeans are not the offsprings of ancient Neanderthals, but they are African immigrants. Instead, Neanderthals evolved separately from ancient hominids, and then about 30,000 years ago, suddenly disappeared. Although we are not really sure what happened to the various types of man that once inhabited the earth, we do know that Homo hylderbergensis people became extinct about 200,000 years ago. Homo erectus people became extinct about 143,000 years ago. Homo florescens people became extinct about 50,000 years ago. And Homo neanderthalness people became extinct about 40,000 years ago. Some archaeological experts believe Homo neanderthalness were driven into extinction by modern humans, the Homo sapiens. However, many scientists, like myself, who have reviewed the scientific data found in peer-reviewed journals, have disagreed with this conclusion. You have been listening to the New African Broadcast, a media program dedicated to the consciousness and the positive moral growth of the black youth of America. Thank you for giving us your attention and tune in to our next broadcast. Assalamu alaikum.